I like the little countdown, by the way. What's up? Yeah, it's like three, two, one, go. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Okay, so one of the questions I wanted to ask you is a referral back to the other episode. Have you looked at the other episode or seen if anybody's looked at the other episode at all? The most recent episode we did? Because a couple of people have told me that they listened to it, which I rarely ever actually hear people tell me that they listened to it. <laughs> yes, actually. So are you referring to the episode about addiction that we try and like habits, bad habits and things like that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That one got a little bit higher record. Like it's already uh, towards the top of our, uh, how many people have listened to our episode, even though I thought that one was a crazy one for us, but yeah, like I've li- yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've had a few people uh, tell me about it. And uh, it's decent feedback. I think a lot of addiction is really just about life. And we, I think that's how, what, how you and I break things down really well is we break it down super simple, like just for our day-to-day lives, uh, rather than bringing too much science and whatnot into it, even though you are more scientific. But I felt good about it. But yeah, the views were up and that's out on YouTube and Spotify, Amazon, uh, and Apple and all that stuff. So it's actually out there. So that's probably helping too. Yeah. I was just curious. I was going to ask you before we started, but then I was like, I'll just ask you when we start. Cause then if people want to watch it, they can remember to watch it basically. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's cool to watch those analytics. We've been doing better. So thanks everyone for listening. And it, it's kind of cool. getting feedback, which is crazy. I'm not used to hearing feedback very much or regularly. Yeah. Hey, did you know that I actually started something? It's it's a secret, though. I haven't even told you. Uh-huh. So we have a secret of FitQuest podcast TikTok, TikTok account. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think that's great. And Yeah. And so I told you I got that clips thing uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And so, yeah. should, so it's only clips and uh, nothing else. And yeah. so, yeah, you should check it out, by the way. I'm telling you this now. And then also the audience, because no one knows because I've just been messing with it. Because those Opus clips, and just to let everyone know, when you're, when you're if you go check it out, like it just shows glimpses of our podcast. Uh-huh. And so it's cool. It's the easiest way. The vibe or the energy of that podcast or like what, how we talk about things. But you're not going to get a lot, very much information, honestly. Exactly. Where you could go to the regular podcast places or YouTube too. I'm putting out at least the videos on YouTube and then the audio is on all podcast places. Yeah. So, so today's basically like a maintenance or like a update podcast, right? You would say? So that's yep. what also made me think about bringing that up because I was thinking about our numbers. And then also I wanted to talk about our fit quest today. Okay. And didn't get to talk about our fit quest on the last podcast because we just without even trying i feel like we went deep in the woods in the last podcast (laughs) yeah yeah it was an intense one and we've actually only had one podcast in the past four weeks too because so we took a couple weeks off there also so Mm -hmm. so there's a lot there's like a lot to catch up on i know i have a lot to say about my current fit quest and what were we going to start off with though oh gosh chest yeah. You've been beating me in chess. So like we had that episode a while back that you talked about chess and you were like, hey, let's play chess. And then two games into it, you were like, oh, yeah, I used to coach people in chess. And I was like, oh, yeah. But anyway, you're a good chess player. 
I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not like <laughs> masters level or anything like that. Like I could win a tournament probably at a local level or something like that if I like committed to it. You know? Yeah. Sure. But yeah, I like doing chess and I and kind of a side quest to my fit quest for my brain health, honestly. Because okay. it's a it's a game that I I can gauge my mental abilities with and use as an indicator of my mental abilities but it feels more objective like if I meditate for example and I think about how I'm feeling and where I'm feeling things which is useful too like a body scan type of thing or like a thought there's thought meditations where you can label your thoughts stuff like that but when I do chess I know when I'm feeling aggressive more than normal, for example, if I'm playing more aggressively. So it, it mirrors a little bit of my psyche more. And I played it enough times, thousands of times. <laughs> so like, I know what a normal game feels like. So it's like you can go and spar, basically. If you think of it like fighting, maybe that will make most sense. So if somebody goes and spars and they're like, oh man, something feels weird today. And I've sparred a thousand times. You know, something's up even just in your regular sparring match. And that's, that's, oh, that's really interesting. That. Yeah. Okay, cool. I could see that. I haven't put very many reps in. So that just gave me this idea that I just need to start probably challenging more people on that app. Because right now I'm only playing with you. And yeah. so we play like yeah. one game a week. So I'm really not getting very many reps in. So I probably should go play a bunch of games uh, against more people. I really, I, think, I really think it would be helpful. Yeah. I think online chess in terms of how it's been helping people get, be better players and play more often and produce. Chess.com makes a lot of money. They, they put on like these big tournaments and everything, these world chess tournaments and sponsor them and all that. And people, and they have lessons and, like chess is still it's kind of nuts. I feel like chess has gotten more popular as I've gotten older. And I thought it was going to be one of those things that would die out when I was a young kid. Like I was that weird nerdy kid playing chess. But I feel like it's gotten more popular. Or at least yeah, I'm chess will by people who like chess. Either that or I found my tribe. Well, it's probably a little bit of both. You're right? going to have a bu- a bubble uh, somewhere. As as aware as where as we are, right? We're going to have some kind of bubble, but I think that obviously having uh, cell phones is super huge for the chess community. But also, when if you're trying to find a game online, or there are all these new games, but then there's like the classics you can go back to. And yeah, I feel and like chess, that... chess goes really well into online play. Like it's real simple in terms of just you move, I move, you move, I, and it's. It reminds me, I used to do, this is how nerdy I was, I would do like mail-in games against family members and friends. So you'd send your move via snail mail. And That's awesome. Send, they send their move back and then send the move and then send the move back and you just wait for the mail. You'd be so excited to get the mail. For like the next move on the chessboard and you keep the chessboard set up at home to play the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. That's a great idea for now, even. I it's fun. That. It's fun. I guess I could do it now. I guess I could do it now. We didn't have a very good mailing 
habit of checking our mail before, but now we actually do with kids and everything. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, I haven't experienced those things that you've experienced in chess yet, but it has one thing I do feel like I'm getting a little bit better, but I do, and I'm just seeing more things. And so I think just watching you play is good, but I do need to go out there and play a bunch. And I think that's like the, just like the lesson, like in fitness, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I like, when you get stuck on one thing, you learn lessons, but most of those lessons often go towards other things in life. And with chess, like I, I'm, I used to play maybe 10 or 15 years ago a lot, but I feel like I never thought about it maybe. And now, yeah. ju- now everything I go into, like I go into a game and I think about it and, and you know, I, I try and learn at least from what I'm doing. But also at the beginning, there's just a lot of experimentation. So it's funny. While... It makes me think, sorry. It makes me think of a lot of friends or people I know who I think would be well served like checking out the online chess community that used to play when they were younger but haven't played any time recently but like to play when they were younger. And just a little tactic for you. I wouldn't suggest playing a lot of like playing multiple games at once, if that makes sense. So not too many games at once because you don't want to spread your brain too much with the three games going at a time. And when I say that, I mean like those games have six days or four days till you make a move. So you give your brain some time to look at the board and be like, this is the game against blah, blah, blah. This is the game against blah, blah, blah. And you can separate them in your mind. Because if you can't separate them in your mind, you're just going to play with the same theme in every game and most games are going to be different than each other now are a lot of chess players playing from a rule book like a playbook that is there a lot of different strategies i'm guessing in chess that people use that are say written out so like there's 20 different strategies that you can go and learn when i'm trying to learn chess like things like that yeah i would say there's the basics are pretty cut and dry. And I think a lot of people don't even get to the fundamentals, honestly. And, and that's why, like, when people say I'm, like, a really good chess player, like, I've just, I've gotten the fundamentals pretty good, pretty well. I've gotten most of the fundamentals down. I still don't feel like I have all the fundamentals down, honestly. And those are not debated very much. But then there's different, there's chess openings, there's end game strategies, there's valuation of pieces based on where they are in the board and the time of the game. And that's yeah. more advanced stuff that gets taught early with the basics. But I think the basics are undervalued, I think, with most people who play chess. And that's just normal behavior, though, right? Yep. If you just like strength right. training fundamentals, <laughs> like the basics are undervalued basically you can see somebody get super strong and super muscular maybe because they're 20 years old and but they've only been lifting for a year and they Mm -hmm. get into this certain shape and then from outside like if you're not in the lifting community you might think something like oh they know what they're doing and but really they know one way of doing it 
and right. they haven't really experienced it for a long time. So I could be playing you at chess and saying, oh, you're so good at chess because you're like, you're making this like triangle thing. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, structure of my you... pawns looks immaculate. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I see him like doing this. And then, but really you're saying like, I've only done so many fundamentals. So in the chess community, like you might be a, maybe more of a beginner or intermediate or like intermediate to pro. I don't really, I don't really know. But I'm intermediate on the regular. Sometimes I can get like edging towards advanced. <laughs> but okay. Okay. I, yeah. With two kids and erratic sleep patterns and yeah, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not that much of a priority, honestly. Okay. But All I right, like it cool. as an indicator especially right now. I like it as like a mental energy indicator, I would say. And so that's a good way you're using that to figure out what you're doing in life. And I think that's a good step. And that's part of your fit quest is adding these little things into your life that, you know, you're just going to go, we always talk about that with working. Uh, like you could go to the gym and just do simple machines all the time. Or you can change it up, right? And you can go and just do outdoor stuff or just do calisthenics or just do heavy lifting. And if you're always changing, then that kind of keeps you on your toes. Uh, it's always good for the body. Uh, you know, you can get into the science of that. But really, I mean, for me, it's all about just changing my mind up a little bit because you, after a few months, you get into these little holes or whatever, and then you have to change it. And that's just the pattern of life. Yeah. Yeah, and I like chess because I see a lot of analogies <laughs> to life, honestly. <laughs> we can talk, I, can talk, I can do a whole podcast on chess and the analogies I see with strength training. I, can do, I actually thought about um, how people talk about doing niches for your marketing, right? Like niching down really, really specific. I've thought multiple times about doing like chess strength training, like strength training for chess geeks, basically. Yeah. And yeah, just I'm naming all my exercises, different chess names. And yeah, yeah, that could be fun. You if once you have a set core business, why not try all these little niche things going on? Because you could just use it as as just a, what is it called? Like a lead magnet or something out there. You know, mm -hmm. you could just put it out there and be like, this is my chess package. And and it's just all the related chess to theme, everything. Yeah, yeah. I could totally do that. I just haven't pulled that trigger, I guess. Someone, you can try and take the idea. Go ahead. But <laughs> I'll play I'll play you in a game of chess for the rights to the idea if you do take the idea. Winner oh, take. Oh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Fit Quest, though, overall right now, I guess I'll just continue Fit Quest wise, but I'll go to the strength training stuff now. Okay, let's and do then, it. Let's then, do it. Uh, so Fit Quest overall right now, I would say is I've actually been playing more chess because I've been trying to not get sick and my activity level has been high just because of Halloween and we had that Halloween party recently and you know, trick-or-treating, going out with kids, festivities, going different places, being outside before it gets too darn cold basically yeah so i've been going pretty often and getting lots of steps so i've been trying to be lazy <laughs> this past week or two 
I would say, because it's really hard to be lazy right now. Yeah. That chess has helped with that because that'll make me actually and focus for a little bit without moving. So if you want to be lazy and not move around, but I'm still doing, I'm still doing my strength training twice a week. I'm trying to incorporate, um, a lot of balance in my strength training right now. So for knee stability, I moved my sled over to the shed outside. So I've been doing a lot more reverse sled uh, walks and okay. uh, like knees over toes, reverse sled walk stuff. Okay. And then I've been doing, I've been wanting to work out. Like I've been craving working out and I've been enjoying my workouts, but I just, I'm pretty sure I don't need to push it too much. And my, the HRV thing keeps on showing me like, you better watch out. Don't go too crazy. <laughs> You're really pushing it. It's awesome to have that piece of technology, right? That you can see every day and give you a little bit of feedback. Yes and no, because I still feel like it could be astrology, honestly. <laughs> I'm still torn, but like I've been doing pretty good with dodging bullets, I think, right now at a time when there's a lot of bullets. And I've been listening to it more. So I'm trying to continue to do that. This is my little experiment with that, I would say. Yeah, it's just another one of those one percenters you add. And it's like sometimes you add something that gives you like 2%. Yeah. You know, and then you notice it a little bit more. Yeah. So the verdict is still out. The verdict is still okay. out on that. But I'm trying to listen to it with my training. And I am monitoring my steps more. And I'm trying to, when I'm walking right now, I'm really trying to use the arches of my feet. And my knee feels a lot better when I do that. But because I'm doing that, my shins, my calves are getting tight. So I'm trying to make sure I take care of them in my strength programs. And I'm trying to do a little bit more mobility work with my shins and my calves as well. Which is good for my Achilles anyhow, honestly. Okay. All right. So you're definitely in like a chill mode, I would say, right now. Yeah, I'm and... in like a chill slash... It's weird because I hurt my knee a little while ago. Everything feels like a progression, even though it's not super hard. Yes. It's like the benefit of getting injured a little bit, you know, because I'm like, oh, I'm getting better at this now. My knee feels better at this now. I'm feeling better, but I'm not going too hard. I'm just like getting a little bit better and continuing. Yeah. All right. All right, man. I, I like that a lot. So I would love to see the HRV data a year from now, or maybe whenever your sleep, hopefully it does, knock on wood, starts regulating from Ari and your kids. Right. Um, I would love to see the data like three months into good sleep for you and see how that changes and then see how much you can crush your workouts like during that time period. And I really like that because we talk a lot about uh, like the seasonal things and I like to work out uh, like this time of the year, which I'll get into soon is my thick quest where I like to lift a little heavier. And I think that is one part of it. Like, so that's like your environmental part and that's a very personal part for you. And then you can use the real data. So like the science, like you, the Andrew Huberman stuff, like where you really, you're like, okay, I am doing 
XYZ because the science says it uh, and I'm going to fit it in. And then you need to really make that work into your, your life. And sometimes you have to bend that that data or whatever, not the data itself, but like the learnings from that study or whatever, and mm-hmm. put it into your life for you. And, and so that's why I think that's cool. You're tracking the HRV. Yeah. Yeah. As people listen to our podcast more, I think they'll notice our little self experiments more and more. And I just got, especially, I think we're getting better about talking about them too. Cause I think there's a lot of things that I don't always talk about. And in a way, I don't really want to talk about them until I'm like close to the end of the experiment. Right. Because it's hard sometimes to finish an experiment, right? Something okay, I, I, up and it's, I, that's gone to shit. Never mind. True. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit. But that, how often does that happen? I think that happens a lot. And I think a part of an experiment is, is just figuring out what to experiment on. Mm. And so I had that similar thought because part of my fit quest today, this is so great. So part of my fit quest today was about a month ago, I was telling, talking about this experiment that I want that I want to do. Like I want to do an official experiment, like starting next year. And I wanted to have it to do it outside in the cold and all that kind of stuff. Right. So what I re- and then I was like, man, I'm going to have to talk about it right here on the podcast, like why I'm not going to do that. And mm. then I started thinking about this same thing. I was like, oh. why do I always put in the public my experiments? Or at least not in the public, really just talking to you, Mike, and then the public gets to listen to it. Um, and that's because of the fact that you need to uh, test out an experiment. You need to experiment on the experiment before you know what to do. Yeah. And it's the pilot study. A lot of these are pilot studies. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. You just, you have to like, you have to like dip your toes a little bit and try it. See if it's worthwhile. See if you get, see if you get a little bit of feedback in the direction that you're expecting to get feedback or you get any, a lot of it's pretty much just see if you can get some insights from it that you were either expecting or that, what's the word that empower further investigation that glean that make it so you want to go further with it. Right, right, right. Now, and you can optimize it and you can science it. And I talked about this on one of my posts about like transition time, where it's really that downtime between your experience. What I'm now realizing between these experiments is this transition time that you should focus on more than the other time. But I love the experimentation of figuring out what I'm going to do next even mm-hmm. though scientifically like maybe 6 weeks of experimentation to figure out my next like 12 week workout cycle is not the best thing for me to do but i can get through a 6 week period just knowing my body and whatnot and just working out and still doing good but maybe not progressing as much as being in a program but for me it's fun to do all these tests and everything mm-hmm. And I, that was a, just a part of this, that fit quest that I'm just realizing is that like you have to follow all the studies and everything like that, but you have to do what you want to do too. And, and you have to do both. You have to, and one of the things I want to talk about today as part of my fit quest was, so somebody asked me about, they called it the 30, 30, 30 rule. And then when I Googled it, there was a ton of these 30, 30, 30 rules. Yeah. For different uh, categories. 
and have we talked about this before? A guy named Gary Brecka. So okay, so I've he. Him. I don't think we've talked about him though. Okay, you probably have heard of him. So in the, I don't know the whole story, but basically in the four-hour work week from Tim Ferriss, it was mentioned to do this like this thirty 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 thing. And Gary Brecka, who's he's like a, just a fitness guy, um, he coined it a little bit, and basically it says you should have thirty grams of protein uh, within thirty minutes of waking, and then do thirty minutes of zone two. What you got there? Yep, four boy. hour work week. Yep, exactly. I bet so you, you, you four, that sounds like it was in the four hour body, though. Honestly. I think it was in it was I think it was in that one at least that's what I read but I don't want to I mean I'm not claiming it is 100% or anything but okay, the, all right, all right. All right, so. the whole thing is that's what that lady the lady asked me she's like what do you think about that my mom is about to do this what do you think and I was like oh this would be perfect for Mike and I to talk about um, and I'll give you my first thoughts on it and I'll let you think about it for a second yeah okay so pretty much what I was like Yes, that is, I was like, sure, that's a great idea. But the claim is like that it sheds body fat. Right? And, and then I had to just, I had to talk that out a little bit with her. And, and really, all it is is a marketing thing. You know? At the end of the day, everything you see online is just a little bit exaggerated to get an emotional response from you. And you need to 1000% realize that. Okay, so anybody online is going to claim that their idea is the best or the first or the greatest or you're going to burn all your body fat in two weeks guaranteed. And one day we should just have a whole episode on that. But I had to because pretty much I had to explain all this to her. And And at the end of the day, I was like, actually, it's a really good idea because like the science behind it that they talk about is that if you have protein right at the beginning of the day, then that then your cortisol levels won't spike and therefore your sugar levels won't spike. Or, or, and then, so basically just having that protein instead of what is what do most people have in the morning? Coffee. Coffee causes your cortisol to spike. Coffee, and then when you're, cereal when you're, bar, cereal, oatmeal with processed carbohydrates, basically things that make their sugar spike. And so when your body's in that position, it's harder for it to work properly and burn all the fat and everything. And there's claims like... Unless you're going to be active, really active right after. There's claims like all sorts of different ways, right? That'll stay the the science behind it. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but that's the point of this, right? So Um, tell me it again one more time. It's 30, 30. What's the 30, 30, 30 stand for again? Uh, 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes of waking up, followed by 30 minutes of zone two cardio. Followed by 30 minutes of zone two. I mean, those things by themselves are useful strategies, right? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And, and then it's just a, in a way, mark. Okay, I'm going to be like devil's advocate for marketing. In a way, marketing and sales is playing on our innate brain function in terms of what what gets our attention, right? And you're not gonna remember to do something if it doesn't get your attention. So you need a, this is like a, this is a mnemonic device, you would say, right? To help you, the 30, 30, 30, to get that nice right. little 
rhythm with it. 30, 30, 30, it's three of the same numbers. It's all chunked together for your brain to easily remember it. Right? Right. And uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's useful to have things chunked together so you can remember it too. I would say I like that. Yeah. So that it's a great thing. And that's the, mm-hmm. the point of there's the, that first thing that you see is the claim and you have to go past the claim and figure out why does it actually work? Because then there's all these testimonials that say you on any page, you'll read a thousand testimonials that'll say, okay, it a hundred percent works. It works. And those are all true. Right. And that's because you can always find a thousand people to, to get affected buy a product in a good way like that. That's just how the world works. That's easy. Yeah. And they're not randomly selected like they would be in a good study either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're they're actually purposefully selected. Right. And so this is how we're filtering every, like all content. Then you actually go down to the 30, 30, 30. And I think that's the point that you were getting to. Once you get to 30, 30, 30. Okay. If you wake up in the morning and you have 30 grams of protein, then you're automatically getting 30 grams of protein more than you normally would. Right. right? So that's just, and that what do most people need in life is 30 grams more protein. that's just an arbitrary number, but it's 30, 30, 30. Like you said, you have to sell it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, okay. Within 30 minutes of waking. So you're, so it's easier to make a habit right when you wake up. Uh, And that's why when you wake up, so Anything at the end of that routine, you can anchor on to and create a new habit with. It's just a lot of people tend to squeeze as many things as possible in the morning before they have to run out to work just in time to get there at the time they need to. And that's probably causing their stress levels to ignite, which is going to backfire all the stuff that they just worked on. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay. So now we're at, what are we at now? Okay. Now the 30 minutes. So now you have a 30 minute of zone two. Right. So it doesn't matter. A walk, a brisk walk. It doesn't matter if you're in zone two. It doesn't matter if you're walking. It's just a walk. It's 30 minutes of cardio. You good there? Yeah. I dropped dropped my meditation balls. Oh. (laughs) And then 30 minutes, and then you get 30 minutes of cardio in, right? And now if you do that, say you do that every day. Listen, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like uh, those things, if you do every day are going to help you no matter what. And yeah. each one, if you do all, if you do two of those three things and the third thing within 30 minutes, all that is, is creating that habit. And then if you add those three together, it's absolutely going to work, but it's not a magic. It's not the magic pill, but it's going to work until it doesn't work. Right? Yeah. It's a morning ritual basically. And morning rituals have their place, I would say, with certain types of people and certain kinds of lifestyles. Some people have elaborate morning rituals and some people, it's not gonna, that's not a thing that they want to be doing. They want to get up and go, basically. Same thing with fasted cardio, right? You can argue all the sciences and stuff behind it, but if you wake up every morning and you walk, for an, it's gonna it's gonna be beneficial, and then there's gonna be arguments like what's gonna be more beneficial, what's gonna be less beneficial, or whatever. Yeah. If you eat before, if you morning eat after. rituals sell really well, I think. I think morning rituals must sell really well, right? Oh yeah, yeah. that that that's the point. Yeah, and I've been thinking about that a lot. I was like, why don't I just make up one of these things? Okay, so one of the most productive times I've had, and like I know if you know, like if in case of emergency, break glass. 
strategy I have that I don't. Okay. It's like I could, I could use it all the time, but for some reason I don't really because it shifts I, that I don't update it as regularly as I could to make life smoother. <laughs> Maybe. Right. But one of the things I do in, in emergency situations where life is freaking crazy and really busy is I'll, I'll write out like the perfect week and then um, like with the regular things that happen and then in those time breaks that are more variable, what I would do in them versus what I react because I get re you get reactionary in those time breaks. Mm -hmm. So I actually just like plot out like, okay, this is a time break. On Mondays, I focus on this. On Wednesdays, I focus on this. On Fridays, I focus on this. In those time breaks, instead of just reacting, basically. And then I have a perfect day as well. And I write out what a perfect day would look like in general. Mm -hmm. And then I post, I copy those into my phone. I print them out. I like have all these little places where I can look at it. And I try to like adhere to that. Right. Then, and then I get so much done. <laughs> but as like time goes on and the seasons change, those perfect days and perfect weeks as I plan them don't work. And I need to update it. And I don't. Maybe right, I will really what talking about that. But it can be really like whenever you do that, it, I imagine it's really useful for a lot of people. Right. right. And you get a good routine going and it's doing the things that you want to do in that routine and you ritualize it. Right. Yep. That's like the end goal. I feel like one day, one day, one day I'll have that on the regular. We'll see. There is no end goal, Mike. There, it's always going to change this one day. Game. You're going to get there one day and then you're going to have to change it. All right. That's just how it's going to be. <laughs> so I'm my fit quest uh, yeah. for myself. Yes, but okay. So I took those six weeks um, of experimentation and like you and so that was for me kind of like a more st stressful time. There was things going on and now yeah. some of the things, some of the things you were just saying were, is making sense. I just, uh, I think I land, I landed on my uh, first, on my eight week program for working out. So I just finished my first seven days uh, of training. I'm now tracking my blood pressure, body weight, body fat. And then I made my checklist that I haven't been doing like eight weeks. And, and so life's kind of been a little crazy, right? And so, but I, so this past week, though, I crushed it for the first week and six yeah. weeks or so. Yeah. And I, I had to go back on my, like I was saying a little earlier, I had to go back on my word on some of my specifics, which I was testing over the past six weeks. Right, One your other pilot study. Oh, I'm sorry, what was that? Sorry. Your pilot study. My pilot study, sorry. Yep. Okay. And then, so I did uh, the outside stuff. And so the issue, I was able to do one day this week of outside, but the issue with that is not me. It's realizing that young Charlie doesn't want to go outside when it's 25 degrees outside. What? Why not? Oh, crazy, right? <laughs> so, Unless he's in like a marshmallow puff suit, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And it's been, so that was something that I should have calculated before but for some reason i didn't mm -hmm. and so i've pretty much moved my workouts inside uh, with potential to be outside you know if i can what time does um, he varies uh let's just say 6 a.m as an average yeah 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 
But I wake up at 5.04 a.m. every day, man. So. No, but still, like to get a full workout in, he's, you're going to, you, like, how long be, after you wake up do you, can you get started with your workout at the earliest, like 5.20, right? Oh, no. Uh, me? No. Yeah. I, I'm 5.45 or 6. Yeah, I see. have too many occurrences of trying to work out within 30 minutes of waking up that, I, like, hurt my back. Yeah, yeah. Like you need and to get going and move in and get everything together and yeah. My warm up at five thirty needs to be thirty minutes long compared to ten minutes long. If I do a, and so that's mm-hmm. something that, that I think about a lot. And so I pretty much in the morning I do meditate before everyone wakes up, I do meditation, I let the dog out, I do stretching. Those are like some of my morning things I do before Charlie gets up or before my wife gets up. Or the right, other exactly. day, but she sleeps in. Yeah, so you got to work out inside because he's going to be awake by the time you can get going with the workout. And you don't need to yeah. be waking up much earlier than 5 o'clock, I think. I think 5, five right. is good. <laughs> and so the outdoor stuff that I am able to do, I'm actually doing racing. I'm racing him on the bike. So it, it's a it's about a 50-yard sprint, and it's, it's out into the road and back. And, and he's getting fast. And so I've been doing on two two days. I'm doing five five of those sprints, followed by five fast carries with my 35 pound sandbags. Mm-hmm. So I'm like racing Charlie and like trying to run really fast and trying to like stand up tall and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I ha I am combining outdoors, but I have to like make it fun too for him because to get him outside, even on a like a 45 degree day. I don't know. He just, he's not liking the cold. I'm trying to make him like the cold though. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Zeno is all about going out in the cold and Ari's much more ambivalent about it. The nice thing is I can use Zena as peer pressure a lot for Ari. <laughs> basically. Yeah. That helps. I would say when they're together, it definitely helps. Yeah, exactly. And since we homeschool, they're together pretty often. So it's kind of nuts because that's one of the things I didn't think about with homeschooling is how much they would be interacting with each other versus, oh, they're interacting with other kids when they're at school versus at home, they're interacting with each other as much and like how much Xena rubs off on Ari. And I knew she would, but like, it's definitely, it's def. I think it's accelerated compared to typical peers, probably in some Do way. You think- no, I agree with that. Because so one thing I've noticed with so with my daughter mm-hmm. for three, really four years, it was uh, it was Amber and I and her, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was like one on two on one all the time. She was getting a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Now the second kid, uh, she is being, and then she the first kid was reluctant, more reluctant to learn a lot of things with us, right? Mm-hmm. Now with the second kid. Ad, so Adeline is like teaching him more right. and he from a young age has been like learning things that Adeline like learning something that Adeline might have learned at like four he's learning at two mm-hmm. and it's because of her and because of their close bond and you don't right. think about and like even if it's only three years but three three-year-old to six-year-old is a huge difference right and I really, I see a complete difference in the two kids and how they were raised just due to the fact that they were siblings. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting. Cause yeah, if you put like them in, if you, 
if you put them into like preschool or daycare, even at three or four years old, they're usually right. So now sometimes they're with a, an age group, but usually you put a three-year-old in, they're going to be with three-year-olds, put a four-year-old right. in. And so that if it was, you know, a few three-year-olds and a few six-year-olds, I wonder how they would interact, inter interact together and, you know, how each kid would mature, because I think it's a completely different dynamic. So Montessori actually does that. One back to the chess, back to chess coaching. This chess coaching I I really loved doing was actually with the Montessori kids, and they're more like mixed ages with their classes and groupings. Okay, and it's really interesting if you look into Montessori and stages of development and whatnot that he wrote about. Was he or she? I don't remember, honestly, but. It's it's fun to interact with them playing chess compared to like kids in a typical school because kids in a typical school will sit down and be ready for the teacher to give them a lesson, for example. But in like a Montessori school where the kids are mixed around and the curriculum is more interactive between the different age groups, the, a lot of the kids are used to teaching each other and the teacher just gives a topic out there or gives some ideas out there. And then you let them go wild with it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I love uh, that. Yeah. But like teaching chess, you would think you would have to be like, okay, kids, here's the board. These are what the pieces do, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going to come and everybody's going to sit at their table and I'm going to come around and check on them and all that kind of stuff. But in those classes, we do a little bit of lecture at the beginning just to give them an idea of what's going on, but then it's much more like go out into the wild and figure right. this out. And I'll, I'll, I just float it. You float more as a teacher. It's interesting. And yeah. then the, so the, and then the older ones will show the younger ones and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you find different, you look, I, at least one of my strategies was looking at the kids who were like looked at, at for guidance like trying to find the kids who are the like the guidance counselors for the other kids right, right. You know, the one who got the ones who got the whose eyes who got the most eyes on them when they were doing things mm -hmm. and then those are like your champions and you use those champions as examples for how to do things and celebrate it and then the other kids like oh do you see what ricky did blah 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 i should try that next time i'm gonna do that yeah, dude, I, that's a good, I like it, man. That, it's very interesting. And it's good to know these things as parents, I think. Yeah, and especially uh, when you're trying to plan your morning workout. All, so, right. All right. That's your plan right now. I like the data. I like how you're uh, getting the blood pressure. And I like how you're keeping up with the high intensity stuff too. I feel like that's one of those things that recently what became like a staple, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I had to add in more high intensity stuff through because, you know, of my journey of going very low intensity for a few years, I felt like I was heavier just in general. And a couple of things that I'm noticing about that is that my and maybe it's due to stress, you know, we I watched that podcast with that Kapolsky guy and I've been thinking a lot about stress and even though when I was working out in that low stress time, I was putting so much other stress on my body, right? And 
And, and I think, and I wasn't getting a whole lot of, uh, right now I'm very low stress in life. Now that I've, I haven't figured out this parenting thing at all, but I've just figured out how to manage my stress better. Um, but now that I, my, my weight is keeping data is great too. My weight is 30 pounds less than it was a year ago today. Um, my body fat is like 10% less than it was a year ago today. Um, so yeah. all the, and I feel like a lot of it has to do with the stress and the, I mean, I'm not working on a regular job. And so like it's, I'm able to work out all the time. And I know most people don't have that. And, and I'm really considering stress being one of the biggest factors. Dude, for sure. And, and just how you manage stress really, and how much stress you're actually having in jobs and in commutes and things like that. And I think that our working out needs to, you need to really fit that into your life compared to the amount of stress. And you always talk about it in case of load and everything. And I love that analogy. Like how much load are you carrying on the regular? Like right now, if we tried to visualize it in terms of a weighted vest, right? You literally were carrying 30 more pounds, right? Right. (laughs) Every day around like a weighted vest, right? And then how many other more mental pounds in addition to that, right? And then expecting yourself to be able to perform as well as maybe you do right now. Yep. So that's a lot. And now that I'm able to, now that I have my stress managed more, I'm able to add in that high intensity. And it's, it's almost, it's almost like that high intensity work. You really, it wears me out. Like those five sprints and those five carries, it's only, it's less than 15 minutes of work. It's 10 minutes, but that's, I'm going as high intensity as I can. And that stresses me out, but I feel it working. And I feel the only reason it works really well and in ways too that like I was getting injured a lot when I was work um, and when I was commuting uh, and, and now know, holy, knock on wood, I shouldn't even be talking about this, but my inj- I've been getting injured a lot less and I feel better after doing high intensity stuff. I even added in a little like hex bar deadlift work uh, and I, I felt great on those. I felt strong and I also wasn't super sore afterward. So I just am, I'm really having this epiphany with stress and how important it is to, to change your life as much as you can to minimize stress so that you can then put in stress that you want into your life that actually optimizes your life instead of that stress, you know, taken away from your life. Yeah, I think that's really important. I, that's one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why that's like one of our four pillars I would yeah. say, with our clients, the whole resting, digesting, moving and grooving. Grooving yeah. is the positive, positive spin on stress, basically. So the, yeah. So when you're trying to get people to adopt new behaviors, it's usually more likely to happen if you give it a positive spin versus a negative spin. Like it's easier to run towards something you want than it is to sustainably run from something you don't want. Right. Like you can run from something you don't want like quickly, but after a while it just becomes depressing. Right. But you can run right. sustainably towards something you want a lot more. So 
resting is getting enough sleep. But a lot of people turn that into going to bed early, which is more like a you have to stop, which is more of a negative kind of behavior pattern. And like a negative positive. Yeah, like a negative uh, framing of it. Sorry, negative framing of it. And then digesting your moving and then grooving. So that positive spin on. But like grooving means a lack of negative emotion, at least contextually, I would say. And if people focused on grooving a lot more, I think we'd be, yeah, in a lot better place. And it's not easy, though. Like some people are in situations that's hard to focus on grooving because you get in this, you get in these loops. And sometimes you got like slow the loop before you can reverse the loop. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what our last episode was about. (laughs) Yeah. And being able to be aware of those loops that you get into is super important. And now that I am in this opportunity to think about stress more, I think about it a lot with my, oh, you know what? I just realized, when do you need to roll out? In like 10 minutes, I would say. About 10 okay, minutes. cool. All right, cool. Okay. So, so one thing that I was realizing with the stress thing is that in my family circle, right? And mm-hmm. how can I make my kids less stressful and my wife less stressful? Because I'm in this... I'm in the like awesome opportunity to that, that yes, my life has been minimized in stress and I feel like I've been minimizing my family's life stress. And now I'm making that, I've made that a priority over the past few weeks and just changing my systems up a little bit to know that I am in this opportunity to what happens if, when I worked for 40 or 50 hours a week, like what kind of stress was on my mind and all that kind of stuff. And so really for me, I'm not one person, I'm part of a family. And so my stress is everything, it's everybody. Yeah. And so it's something I've been leaning into more and I've been really building my life around this concept and I didn't really think about it until this past month. Mm. Uh, But I'm going to lean into it more on, on a relationship standpoint, I think, and like a family unit standpoint, and uh, and then check in over the next few weeks or months on that. Because I think that is going to be something that's going to be able to just amplify our family uh, even more. It's all about those 1%, right? I'm yeah. not saying yeah. some people think of it's like, it's a negative thing. But I always think of it just adding that extra 1%, you know, like always trying to make it a little bit. T- yeah, yeah. That And you're either growing or you're degrading. I don't think there's a lot of middle ground for people. Time doesn't stop. So you can go in one direction or you can go in the other direction. And we're already degrading no matter (laughs) what we do. So I feel like if we can squeeze as much juice out of it, you got to do things like that. So that's good. That's useful. Do you see Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, Be Useful, by the way? No. Is it a new release? Yes, it's a good one. It's a good one. I won't go too deep in that because I feel like that's a good place to stop, by the way. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love it. This was a good episode. Stay tuned next time. What were you saying? I said this was a good episode, man. Let's uh, let's keep it up and I'll catch you guys later. Yep. Peace out. Peace.